everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. So it is season seven, episode 17 of LOI Central, Enda Got Married. Let's just throw that out there and deal with it. We'll deal with it later on the show, but he did get married. Dan and I were there, but we're back. And I'm buzzing for the show today because I feel over the double fixtures and the cup draw and everything that's happening we've loads and loads and loads to get through and we have pat fenlon coming in very shortly and we're going to hear from uh, saint pat's goalkeeper uh dean Liness as well lioness rather who dan spoke to after pat's battered dairy one of the many talking points of the show so as i mentioned uh, every week we are in association with future ticketing association with collar and cuff came up trumps uh, of course for the wedding as you would expect and we're in association with loi we're in association with rascal you're Bory. overdoing the wedding stuff johnny the, the we're, wedding we're, is we're jumping the shark we're in association with rascals brewery in chicor and obviously and um, they're and buzzing with all the pats fans coming in uh, buzzing themselves after games of late yeah dan it's uh, it's going to be a busy busy show today where where do we actually start where do we know. start i don't know where we start well what football did you see over the weekend bray and galway united i was in the carlisle grounds that feels like two two years you ago saw now. jason knight you were saying, uh, I telling me. so i was coming in and went up to the ticket in area and they're like oh just go in and say your media bray can be quite sticky as well about getting into games this is since the kind of merger with cabin teeling they can be sticky about a lot of things um so i was like okay and there you are who's collect who's asking you for your accreditation at the turnstile it's like i know like there are a few brothers here and i know like one of them plays for bray but i'm pretty sure that's jason knight and it was Jason, more on the Cavantini end of the... Uh, of the merger. Of the divorce, yeah. The divorce, yeah. yeah. Or the merger, not the, the, the merger, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, quite a few. It's like PJ Golf and Liv, Jeez. you know, and all this stuff. Do you ever think, like, isn't it mad that, like, the Saudis started off with Galway United? That was what got them thinking. They, they Look just, at them they, now. They went, to, they went for Galway and then they were like, oh, why don't we just take over everything else yeah. instead? Of all the things you've done... Mad, of all it? the things you've done in your life, do you think changing your name to saudi script and having a saudi flag Ar- arabic your, arabic, uh, arabic script. script having a saudi flag that was i was actually thinking of that yesterday i mean given that you're sort of quite you know strong on, on certain issues about you know the environment and so on saudi's that, would be great is that probably the worst thing you've ever done um well it isn't but like well i mean okay then we can talk about it <laughs> i was told by the go united board we vetted these lads we've gone over it's nothing to do they with vetted, they vetted saudi's human rights record i mean <laughs> bloody hell like these Galway lads are completely wasted on that. Can you let me finish? They should be doing trade missions. They come to. They came to a meeting and said, "We vetted these lads. They've, they're not not to do with the government. Nothing to do with the nothing government. Nothing to do with government." Now, I mean, Saudi. I've always thought Saudi is. is always I was very naive. Got a great reputation for being a place for independent trade. You yeah. know, the Saudi dream. They call it. You can just go there, and as a self starter, you can just. You can build up your little corner shop and it all exists. Everything operates independently under the auspices of the state. Nothing to do with the Saudi government. None of them. It was incredible. I think Galway was, I mean, it's an exercise in soft power. I did go on the radio. I did go on Galway Bay and say that um, I mentioned the human rights record. I made a sort of a joke about a kebab house (laughs) and then more. And apparently the Saudis didn't like this at all. I'm not sure that's why they didn't. But I was, in fairness, I voted yes. They were were really fond of Ren Moore. (laughs) I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to say every man has a limit. I can't believe like we've um, we've talked about the Saudis for the last three minutes when they didn't even take over Galway United. Like you know, know. but it is it is mad, Dan, and I'm ashamed to say that I voted yes. 
protest at the time because I accepted what the board told me. And we had no we had no resources whatsoever to lose. We had nothing to lose um, if the Saudis came on board because we, we had nothing. We've, we, we'd all, Our only assets no, no. were our players. But at the same time, no, no, I, I was completely fucking wrong. I understand that point. It was wrong. Mind your language. I, I, understand, I understand that point. And to be honest, when this is the massive ethical dilemma we would all face, what, like, so there's an FBI infrastructure plan we'll talk about later. Mm. Right? We'll talk about, probably talk about PAF and I would imagine as well. But what, what happens if, like, um, you know, someone who made their money in the, uh, in the Middle East or a Middle Eastern company decided to, oh, yeah, we, you know, we'll give you, a, we'll, we'll, we'll throw 200 million into stadium, you know, for, so, for, some, for something or other, <clears throat> you know? Like, we've had the immigrant ingre- investor Immigrants. program. The immigrant investor program. <laughs> it's like a, a <clears throat> Simpsons gag that you didn't even mean to make. <laughs> it's just That's a brilliant. Temporary loss of advice. But, like, we've had schemes here where, you know, um, you know, stadiums and, and other codes have been built off the back of you know questionable enough schemes. Like, what would we do? Like, we're all we're all so desperate for the game here to be better, infrastructure infrastructure to be better. If someone just come in and like uh, threw two hundred million, uh, you'd be horrified. But then there would be a party of thinking. I mean, we've always wanted to get those stadiums done. You know, and that, that's mm. the that's what we would all. I I I, I mean, I, I I probably condemn you for. The going a little bit further on social media, but I, I can understand why people were of a mind. Well, that was a piss yes. take as well, to be fair. Oh, I know. That was but an I, absolute I, piss take. But I mean, I also hate that. Like, you know, mm. I'd be big into the golf and following that story, and I, I hate the way it's panned out. It's and despicable. Like, and how they, like, you know, used 9 11 victims to, like, defend their case, and then it's like, hey, everything's fine. I mean, it's grubby, but, like, this is the point. Like, sport is grubby generally, like, and you're nowhere is safer. Like, what, you know, what happens if one of our great white hopes, like, what if Evan Ferguson goes to Newcastle? You know, like, you know, all these things, um, we will, Alex Murphy did. We, yeah, Alex, well, there you go. Saudi um, money came to Galway in ev- the end, eventually. which is mad. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know? The, the thing is, though, the, the Saudi Cup and horse racing. I found this fascinating. Now, I don't, 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 don't have a go at horse racing, Johnny. I I slagged the prize money in the Saudi Cup because I think it's twenty million for the twenty million for the winner, twenty million prize cup money. And I said there's a war going on in Yemen, like a proxy war, in which you're obviously one of the main players, literally over the border. People are starving, kids are starving, and you're throwing twenty million at a horse race. And I got this slew of like replies that were pro Saudi that like looked uh, you know if you didn't know any different you'd think they were actual people yeah. so that's the way they work as well yeah um, great bunch horse, of lads horse racing though yeah I mean they, if you, they actually get under quite a way lightly with all the Middle Eastern influence they have Dan you've turned on horse racing look at you there someone said to me the other day on social media you you used to just stand up for racing and look yeah. at you now like, yeah. no I mean I'm not defending them against the animal rising people you know or I, I will defend them against yeah, the animal I rising people you. but I mean I mean it is worth pointing out yeah we, we Middle Eastern money as well and we're still Showing all this government money, how much can they? How much can they have? A media rights deal. Racing says nothing about that. Nothing just, about that. It's incredible. But anyway, uh, maybe let's go back to football. But it must it might overlap with somebody's issues. I think we'll just go headlong into the mailbag because that gives us a chance to cover. Uh, Ender got married. The issues of the week. Everyone's crazy about a sharp dressed mailbag. Am I right? These electronic letters have style for miles, so let's dig in. So yeah, we, we've sort of made it seven minutes in here without discussing Love Island, um, <laughs> which of course did feature in the mailbag. Um, well, one, of my, one of my career highlights, filing a story, breaking a story, you could say. I, um, what was it, 1020 yesterday, I was getting a message, 
Ask Dan, is it such and such on Love Island? It's like, what are you talking about? Didn't it went well, over of course, my head. You, you were in Belfast, um, you know, because just uh, your life is is incredible. How many counties have you even been in the last couple of days? But went went back via Louth, had a bit of a dip in Blackrock. Of course, there yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, as you said, and sea then, swimming was it? Then went yeah. for a race. As I said, someone today, how do you know someone's been sea swimming? They tell you, you know. But thanks for that. I hope it was nice. Uh, you're better than all of us by doing it. Um, the le- so well, this 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 story, it's very this story, water at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> such a dick this uh this story yeah i mean like you do hear a player from league of Ireland is going to love island and part of you is thinking well i mean you gotta uh, play for at loan for a start part of me thinks uh doesn't play for at loan part of me thinks um <laughs> <laughs> more, maybe more i don't know <laughs> treasure island at loan one is one where they're put on an island and they all have to escape haiti. You know, surely yeah yeah or somewhere like that well yeah. they're, they're actually they're, they're the top yeah. player from haiti second top scorer in the league yes and we've, met, we've made mistakes before about players from haiti actually previously been in this league but let's yeah. not get on the road so like you hear a story and this player is and it's definitely true it's 100% true. Um, there's a slight fear that if the story gets out and their name is revealed, they could be pulled from it. Um, so you don't want to, like, ruin that on them. Um, but like, this player now won't be coming back to the League of Ireland after this. Um, they've departed their club to pursue the venture. I'm thinking, do I do this story? I had a real quandary about it. Premier it Division like, or First Division? Uh, Premier Division. So I was having this quandary about You actually don't know who it is, which is great. It's not Sean Boyd, is it? Uh, it's no. something like he do now. No, I mean, no. Sean Boyd posted up on social media yesterday a picture of Matty Smith because, I mean, they all said Matty Smith was the, the, yes. the, the ladies' man. It's like, well, clearly not. It's not you, Matty. You know, like his reputation... His reputation is, as as has proved they'll found it, or else they've just made a terrible mistake. You know, sometimes managers make bad decisions. But anyway, is Maddie is Maddie going anywhere, or is it just a gag? By the way, because I didn't get it the Sean Boy thing at the time. That was the joke. That was the joke. Okay. It was about Love Island. Okay, so it's not Maddie Smith. Love Island. Okay, it's not Maddie. How Smith. hungover were he yesterday, Johnny? Yesterday was all right. Uh, forget about the other the two days. Before, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> one of which you broadcast on live TV for six hours. Oh my which is, god, this is incredible. Listen, the point is. Um, this has happened. Um, I think the player is due to go in on the tenth or eleventh. A lot of people know actually know who it is, um, and they've sort of intimated that. And I wouldn't say that their hunch is is wrong, but look, hopefully it doesn't get ruined for the lad. And he gets he gets to he has to pursue his opportunity to, um, as people have pointed out, you know, in years to come he could be opening nightclubs in you know Carrick and Shore. You know, okay. and like, and that, and that, that could be it. And, and, or, I mean, I have to say, do you know, some people like are performative, right? Oh, I'd never watch that. No, I actually genuinely, I've never watched Love Island. When I think of Love Island scenarios, I keep thinking of the Big Brother house. Mm. Because like, we had questions here about uh, Alex Dunn. Who would be the dream League of Ireland, Love of Ireland contestant? Now, I was thinking about this. I've never um, watched Love Island. So okay, I but I, I just have this image of like Patsy Frayne just sitting there. Having a fag. <laughs> having a fag. Yeah. You know, just like while the world goes on around him. Like I'm thinking of the Big Brother house. He's like sitting in a swimming pool just like smoking I, away. I don't think Love Island works like that, son. Well. I don't think Pat, yeah, Patsy oh, Frayne. So you, oh, you've watched it? No, but like I've seen images of oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never watched it, honestly. My, yeah. my girlfriend has never watched who, who would, who it. Would She's it pointed out in work that like, oh God, everyone's watching this. I, Literally, we never watch it. I feel like if I made a comment about players should be on it, like we'd have to like just redact them all afterwards, you know. Sean like, Boyd. Sean Eric Levine would have been good back in the day, I'd say. <laughs> but you I know, still no, would. no, no further comments. Um who, who else? You know? Um Yeah. Your creative juices aren't flowing here this morning, John. I, I this is the type of question I, I, you would I, normally embrace. Yeah, but I don't want I am thinking we still haven't had a, a player in the League of Ireland come out as gay, right? But we have now had a, have a player on Love Island. Like, I mean, where is this going? Like, I mean, 
Love Island. But but yeah, anyway. That is a very interesting point. It's bizarre. You know I'm like. gonna I'm just gonna move on from that pretty much immediately. It's clearly um, not I I'm not conflating the two at all. But I'm like, how how did this happen? But this didn't. You know what I mean? Because like because, anyway, it's, because it's, it's a strange world. That, I mean, it is. Yeah, that is the stranger even in this particular corner of the world. Uh, Timmy Burchill, if things go well for the LOI player in Love Island, will Johnny get an invite to the wedding? Um, <laughs> um, uh, unlikely. Mark Murphy, I don't know if this, where does a taxi crashing into the draw, the team bus, and a player oh, joining I, Love Island rank on random things that have happened? On I the heard about that, yeah. I mean, like, at this point, Love Island is just a TV show that people can go on. Like, you know, I it's don't not. Know, like, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Obviously, with League of Ireland, yeah, you're, you're, you're old. Yeah, but, but you, would, you would try. Listen, I, I mean, literally if, if, hate reality. If you, if you knew who this well, League of Ireland was, I was on reality. <laughs> 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 yeah, what about, what, about knowing, what about the time you went on reality TV to get a job in Paddy Power? Did you, was that your pitch in the interview? What interview? Sorry. The, to get on No Experience Required, what did you actually do? I can't remember. Julian, Julian and I, friend of the okay. show, Julian Canny, we turned down a game in like a, a, an African Cup qualifier between like Tunisia and Algeria or something like 80,000 fans. Julian, we turned it down because Julian entered this thing and so did I and I finished third so you entered, but you did enter you did enter oh yeah i did like i was in a sort of a not a dead-end job but like a job that i you could easily leave at the time so Julian was in a dead-end i job. do remember watching on reality <laughs> i feel like uh here uh killian killian m listens to this if you can find that if you can find no, he has those, it does he have it i ha- like, sorry i have the video i just have to send it to him to turn into Oh, I found do. the videos please at do. home there recently. We, we, we will pay good. Can't believe like we we've literally got to none of the relevant so, issues. Sorry, yet. sorry, sorry. Love yeah. Island, and we haven't even well, spoken lo- about the wedding. Like. Lo- 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 <laughs> Love Island. The amount of messages I got from League of Ireland players yesterday. Was well, the biggest this. story ever, bro? No, but like I, I like I mean the self-loading was high, but like it's sort of, you know you have to do it because you know it's going to take off. The amount of messages. Who is it? Like who, who is it? Who could it be? You know. And uh, do you pe- get any like algorithm sorts on Instagram messaging you like you know hi follow me kind of thing like or, no didn't happen though no, no. Right. Uh, we no I, I didn't that did not happen um, Cork v Bowes uh, we're going to come back to some other issues um, Declan McCormick if you score your winner while opposition fans, maybe Rob Cornwall actually like he was do you remember he was a big kind of they Bowes used him as a sort of a uh, a model, a physical, yeah. a physical specimen. Maybe yeah. Rob Cornwall, yeah, but he's gone, of course. I'm not, yeah. Like, I mean, Love Island sort of gets hijacked by ethical causes as well. Like, you know, they're they're all they're all around the kitchen talking about like, you know, who's going to pair off change. with each other, or whatever. Someone goes, yeah, but is this all sustainable? You know, yeah. <laughs> just a, sli- a slightly different twist on the show. It could be, that could be the end of it, you know. But Maybe anyway, like some Saudi, anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah it, well, I presume Saudi is eventually going to buy this as well too. <laughs> <laughs> it's no love island <laughs> it's just uh, 10 men sitting around having a chat um, yeah. and then no you know, at the well, no well they would eventually be brought yeah. in um, but, but we wouldn't see them um, De- Declan McCormick if you score your winner while opposition fans are still in the pitch celebrating the equaliser what should the opposition club poet do and is Aaron Bulger suddenly the best right winger in the league Declan of course from the uh, Three Amigos pod I like that they send us questions like we're a mothership pod here no the other ones just send us the various club podcasts I'll get in touch from time to time I mean I like that um, and then that just spinned off a big debate over like you know what happened in spinned off it spun, spun off, off into a big yeah. debate 
of like you Immigrants know and back and off. back and back and forth. I've forgotten how to speak. <laughs> <laughs> one, love love, one love island story and it's all gone. Live. Um, it's all happening. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, this whole incident in Turner's Cross, I mean, what a minute that was. I mean, we had um, Thomas Tormey on about, we've seen this ground, is this the best assist in, in the league? Is Declan McDade running back to the halfway line? But they were sprinting back to both players. It was incredible. It was, like they, it was like they'd scored a goal and also realized there was a fire alarm going off in the stadium. So they were trying to evacuate the core calf as quickly as possible. And, like putting the ball down the center. And it's, it's sending a definitive, definitive message as if, like, we are better than you we should be beating you um, this, like, the, us getting an equaliser against you with five minutes to go is the equivalent of like you know we're actually playing a non-league team in a cup tie here and like there's, there's an element of that around it I wasn't know? at the game but I'd say the decibel levels were the highest in the league for that second yeah, goal yeah. the Cork score well, it was just an amazing goal a great goal um, for Kresic as well and um, I mean like if some fans there's, there's a, a whole debate I don't mean like honestly the what about about like you know what what provoked fans to do this or not and I'm not going to get into it the fact is um, it is still kind of funny if fans are having a pitch invasion of some description where their team concedes right? yeah. you are entitled to find that funny um, but I don't know like what, what, what prompted and there's obviously different versions of that but uh, that was spectacular probably the highlight of the double header you'd have to say that minute in that game uh, you know we've column C asking our manager is a waste of time because of course we spoke a couple of weeks back about like clubs having too many managers or multiple managers and now Cork have decided well they still have Liam Buckley there who has managed to be fair um, but they've they're now seeing that like they're going to give that caretaker team uh, until the rest they, of the they season run a form, they run a form is absolutely staggering like so it now means if you're looking at Sligo Rovers, Sligo Rovers do look more likely to finish second last than fourth. Well, yeah, no, you know, like just as a, as an offset. Well, like that's it. We are, like that. as I said, like um, you know, I have to make it like organised here, Johnny. You just need to, you know. Getting bored. You've spent 10 minutes talking uh, with Love Island. Alan, Cran- Alan Cranner, how much trouble is Sligo in? I wouldn't fancy them to beat Waterford tomorrow on that point. And Dunner, how much money will it take you not to mention Sligo Rovers? Uh, I'll buy five tours of Rascals. That's Dunner. I mean, we just talked about Sligo Rovers. I'm sorry. Is that a, is that a bad thing? Uh, well, he's, he's a Sligo Rovers fan, so we'd prefer if we didn't. You see, that's where he's coming off. Yeah, but see, I think Sligo have had loads of injuries, and it's just like they're struggling yeah. to deal with them. Um, They've played well in certain games, but then. Cork, Cork, Cork aren't even second last anymore. It's absolutely I, mad what's happened. I know. Uh, Owen Rock, he's laughed off my comments a bit after three games about Afalabi and Williams not being good enough. Um, and yeah, we did at the point. Now, I still think Afalabi is good enough, by the way, but he's just not scoring. I have, maybe I have a weakness sometimes mm. for non goal scoring strikers. Mm. The, um, the, of the, the ones that cause problems. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, mm. Even Timo Werner, he's at Chelsea. I really liked him because he, he makes stuff happen. He gets into situations. But then, like, there comes a point where, like, well, if, you, if you're not actually scoring, that becomes a little bit of an issue. And, I and still and think Afalabi is good enough. Briefly on that, good. Jamie McGonigal. Three goals in his last 36 yeah. league games. Grim. And I think Keane Kavanagh is 2-18. and 18. Yeah, and Thanks got, to a friend of the show, James Rogers, for that. Just because we're going through a few stuff. He got one the other day. He got one the other day. End his wedding. We did get, I mean, the thing is, we did actually get a lot of questions about end his wedding. I mean, this is true. Um, you know, Emmett Howe's end his wedding. Pat, any good anecdotes from end his wedding? Um, I was thinking, like, in fairness, um, uh, I was... Uh, I mean, we, we were walking through town. I actually got a few comments at the Rovers match on Friday night about it from general people. Dublin uh, weddings are the way to go. We were at a wedding in Dublin. We were walking through the uh, the streets of Dublin on Saturday trying to find uh, a hostelry for the afternoon because um, we lit a little <laughs> break. one place it wasn't. Well, we walked past. <laughs> we, were, we walked down Grafton Street and there was like 20 or 30 of us and we were thinking, oh, she and Sa. 
well there yeah. you go mm, is it the sun there it doesn't matter no we're not, we're, not going we're, in we were leading the way we were always yeah. to the fore we actually ended up going different directions you went to McDade's you kept texting me please come over to my you went, pub you went please to McDade's. come to my I, pub I went, you went to McDade's and I was in Kells but by, by, by being in McDade's you missed like a moment which was like <laughs> if it happened to you I would keep going on about it but like I'm literally mid discussion oh yes I'm in my, I can't believe I'm, you bring this I'm up I'm in my trucks outside Kells uh, mid discussion making a very good point I can't remember what it there. is um, I still can't remember <laughs> what it was and I'm like I feel a presence above me and it's like it wasn't God no it was a bird shitting right on my white talks like right like mid and people I was talking to were like did that just happen mm. like just dropped out of the sky better than your head to be fair yeah well I mean that's the thing head yeah. would have been bad mm. either shoulder of talks bad you're like what do I do thankfully I mean I feel bad for Collar and Cuff and Decky like they're not they're not, like that, that the street where that happened is like the menswear street capital of Ireland. It is emergency yeah. situation. Had to go and buy a shirt on the spot. Got it sorted. I mean, stressful though. Mm. Definitely stressful. Is that the highlight of the wedding? Actually? Uh, well, UK asks who would play J- Dan, Johnny, and Enda in a movie based on Enda's wedding. Can we get a special bonus episode on it? I can't imagine that we will. Your your performance was uh, was eccentric. I would say. What? Yeah, your performance was your your performance was a bit like Cork's season so far in that um, in good form st- at the end. Started though. badly, um, possibly in danger of a of a change midway through. Um, you were just a little bit. You were going to go home at one point, and then all of a sudden you had a, a massive uh, comeback, and you finished very strongly. I, that, very sounds, strongly. that sounds like I took drugs and I didn't actually. Just, well, that just wasn't that that wasn't an allegation. <laughs> but you won. You basically went on a five in a row charge at three in the morning, and amazingly, oh, Jesus, the next yeah. day you were presenting in Kilbegan, which. Yeah. Yeah. extraordinary i'd say it was some of the best uh tv of all time it's well it wasn't but i got through then you came back and of course people will see day two you were, there was a pub above the dublin mountains uh the blue light gorgeous scenery oh, johnny nice of snaps. course <clears throat> spent most of the evening trying to take photos on instagram like, n- not really true um, dan your your uh, stamina was impressive th- thank you thank you thank you very much spend um, much of the time talking to my girlfriend actually which is not nice for her because she wasn't supposed to be there the second day and she wanted somebody she could trust he wasn't there so she just spoke to you for to be clear we, we spent most of our time discussing you okay. um Pat, pat's rejuvenant uh i have this Pats, I mean, all the Pats fans are buzzing. Uh, Joseph Lennon, John Daly is going to win us the league. I didn't even want him in. That's impressive honesty because like there's a few fans that are, oh yeah. I saw the other day, a few previous messages, people are owning up to them. Uh, Jamie P, are Pats in with a chance this season? As in title chance. Daly's the manager of the season. Jamie Condren, who wins in a game? City under Pep or Pats under Daly? I mean... Tell you, he was the manager apparently that they didn't want. The fans were like at least cold on it. I know, that's what I've just said. Yeah. Like, and now, what are we, six, about six wins and a draw from seven? Is yeah. That right? uh, um, six wins and a defeat. The Jesus, defeat so Dan, like, what, what was the story with the Derry game? Like, I mean, you were at it. Um, I read your piece with Rory Higgins beforehand. It's always a really good piece. And again, it's kind of this. It's it's just a tough time for Rory. But well, that, like that, you're, we're flipping, like we're like I literally like, we're flipping from one to the other. Let's stay in the Pats for a second, okay. and then we'll go to the Derry thing because we have a lot of messages about Derry. Pats are um, four points off the top. Yeah, and I think for Pats, like the um, like the fact you know Jane McGrath who's been released by Coventry, you know, a couple of players like their their defense is pretty threadbare. We've messed with Sam Curtis, who's so good um, as well. Where's he going to be? And, and Jane McGrath, a lot of long balls as well, like a lot of long balls that cut out the Derry defense, like old yeah. school. No, definitely. Well, I mean, like the the only identified a trap but also then he strolled through a big gap in the middle <sighs> but even just like they were clever enough tactically like they packed the midfield and like Diallo's not playing well at the moment 
um McElhenney injured very upset and as as Rory Higgins said himself like a soft center but um I don't know how far past coach oh, they're, they're gonna have an issue with well an issue well an issue for them is going to be their tickets for the European game because you know it's only seated uh, capacity mm. that's led as far as I know like there there's gonna be a hell of a scramble because again the crowd is terrific stupid question but Tala not gonna happen definitely in Chigore well, I would assume they're going to be playing inch score in the first round because you can, like you know. Mm. But then, look at all the clubs. If they get through a couple of rounds, you eventually end up in Tala. Everyone mm. ends up in Tala eventually. It's like the coppers of Ireland in European football. Mm. Like it doesn't matter. Like if if your night is going really well, you end up in Tala. You know that's yeah. basically if what happens. If your night is going shite, you end up. You, in well, you Tala. end up. You end up. Yeah. Well, you end up yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. You don't end up there at all. But yeah. like this is this is um, this is the reality of the situation. So like. I don't know how far Pats can go. I still can't see them challenging for the title, to be honest. Um, you know, they, they, you know, but, you know, Joe Redmond's out. Uh, like, the, you know, you look at the game in Tala and uh, they competed really well for 20, 25 minutes. But, yeah, um, but, but then again, they didn't have their strongest defence out. So uh, what's good, I suppose, is that when you, in terms of Europe, you know, that you feel that they're in a position to, to do well in Europe. And they have the top scorer in the league in Chris Forrester. <laughs> yeah. It's what's, very, what is that about? Crazy, yeah. I mean, Owen Doyle then missed the sitter, but in fairness, then took the second yeah. chance very well. But yeah, the Derry, a lot of messages on Derry as well. Some of them from Pats fans. You know, was Higgins on borrowed time? Did the cup win give him enough in the bank? Paul Hogan, is Higgins under pressure? Um, you know Bernard similar enough comments uh, Git asks is Johnny's law firm falling apart I mean this is true Clancy Higgins and O'Donnell it's been it's been tough times for the company um, it, it has I, I think with Higgins what I would say is he under pressure well, well sorry he's definitely under pressure internally now everyone's under pressure like in it, the likes of Derry and Dundalk and, and, and the sort of the strong Sligo you know Sligo Rovers like the, the regional clubs where you have a big local media and it, it can be all on top of you. They're all under pressure when things are going bad. It's actually different to managing a club in Dublin in, in, in that respect. Well, you made a point. However, is, do I think he's under pressure in such a way of being on the ropes? No. I don't think it's an excuse because everyone has things going on in their life, but I don't think you, I think like, there's a good relationship between Philip O'Doherty and Rory Higgins and they will know like the, the absolutely nightmarish uh, personal issues that they suffered as a family in the last couple of months and then losing Alan Reynolds in the middle of it as well for his own personal reasons which like does have a destabilising impact then there's the injuries which in some ways you can trace it yeah. to some ways to the impact of the pitch which are looking to change yeah. um, so there's enough there there's enough there I don't think he's under any threat at all I think that seems to be a very external thing um, rather than an intern just thing. Pre- Although just I'm sure some dairy fans would be would be yeah, angsty you, as well. You you go into um, a job, you go into a new path in life, and you think this is going to work. You're full of confidence, but you're just throwing so many things left, right, and centre that you didn't expect. It's so challenging. The one thing you referenced in the report as well, if they do bring in players in the window, which they will, that can that can backfire as well because you have a settled squad there that really should be doing better even with the injuries they should be doing better yeah I think the thing about Derry like Higgins definitely has a policy of signing players from within the league mm. and that's his big thing and I actually think there's an interesting debate we'll have it on another day about there's been a lot of players who've come in from outside the league in the winter who've been done or haven't been effective Um but then I mean like some of them take time as well to look at someone like Max Matter this season has mm. been better than last season. But I suppose Derry have like, you know, they've signed Keen Kavanagh, Brandon Kavanagh, you know, even Shane McElhenney who's come from Finn Harps. You know, you're thinking Ryan Graydon. You're thinking and Graydon's been a success. Mm. But there's a couple of the others you're thinking, are you, are you gonna win a league with a team? you know, picked up solely from players from other clubs. And I know that Shamrock Rovers have have done that, but they've taken players, say, from Dundalk. And some of the look at Derry's they're trying to recreate the Dundalk thing back in the day where you took Brian Gartland and Dane Massey and all the and, and these players and you spotted them. And you've t- I think it's harder to do that now. 
I actually think it's harder to do it. And you see Shamrock Rovers like, you know, Johnny Kenny, you know, coming in, having been at Celtic, you know, okay, they've brought in Poom. They've probably just taken the best players from within the league. You know, they're in for Jake Mulraney. I think they thought they had him at one point. Mm. And, and I'm sure they'll look outside the league. But I feel like their squad, um, in parts, you're just looking at it going, yeah, there's, 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 there's just a couple of players who are thinking, are you a, a League of Ireland champion? You know, can I see you winning they're a league? Kind of squad players as well, though. Like it's just yeah, a, but like they're, but they're a lot, but when you have injuries, you're suddenly relying on them. It, it, is, it is it is mad the injuries they've had in the first. We're only at the halfway point of the season, give or take. But that performance, and he sort of said this himself, that performance against Pats, like like an, an average first division team would do better than that, or they'd certainly defend better than that. It was so bad. Like I was looking at some of their defend. Like I wouldn't not, be sure an average first team would be better. They're all getting absolutely pumped. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was, and who themselves are, by the way, aren't great at all. No, right? no. Like we actually have a but, comment but, about that, so that's yeah, not true. No, but, okay. I'm, I'm an average first. They'd, they'd certainly defend. Um, no, they wouldn't. I did defend better than that. No, they wouldn't. They're, I, they're I, losing. They're getting. They're getting pumped all maybe, the time. Maybe okay. Maybe on one night yeah, they would. But yeah. this is a Derry City team that, like, at one of the best has this. This team is the second best goals conceded in the division after Shelburne, and just like Dan, they were hemorrhaging chances. Like hemorrhaging. No, no, I know. And like, I was like, I yeah, I, 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 I'm aware. I was there. I mean, um, it's mad. Uh, we have infrastructure plans. So let's do that with Pat Fenlon because we're going to go to Pat shortly uh, before, after we hear from Dean Linus. I want to fly through a couple of random thoughts. Um, Where's Dean Linus from before we hear the interview? It's proper northern, like it's he, like. Well, we discuss it in the interview. I did. I did listen. to okay. I need to listen. He's back. Uh, he's from he's from, he's from Birmingham direction. Like I mean, again, just let's just listen to the interview. Mm. Let's listen to the interview. Um, I mean, just Wait, like you, you don't know where I, I, he's from. It never ceases to amaze me how surprised you are by so many things that happen in your own show. It's it's an incredible, an incredible ability. Um, fell out, boys. Summer, fo- summer, summer football is the business. Um, F one. Our Monday night attendance is up in previous seasons. Like Robert Rourke sent us a clip. Well, uh, up, uh, they are yes. Sent us a clip of a Bowes Galway game in two thousand and eight, and just mm. look, look at the attendances at mm. the time. It's like wow, we were so used to that. It is, it is mad. Dwayne Doyle asking if Shell to Sean Boyd would be a lot closer than they are to the top end of the league. Probably tr- and where can Shells finish? I, yeah, I think they would be closer. They're closing in a bowl. But it's very hard to. I feel like a lot of teams are in that. Dan Burnham was on about. Uh, he was on to us about Sheehan's last week. He shares our views, but also uh, ticket scramble for both Shells would be something else, especially the way end. That's true. The cup draw is incredible. Mm. Both Shells and Dog Shamrock Rovers and draw the Sligo Rovers. Going out of Banger. It's like going out of the year. because that's exactly what everyone. But I am like we were all looking out for that first. Ah, it's it's the year, Dan. It is. And yeah, we had a few other comments as well about the sofa score app which I'm not too familiar with but they seem to have added League of Ireland stats it's all seems to be part of the picture of the data on the league becoming more mm. available but anyway before we go to our Dean Linus chat let's do our quiz business so last week's question was could people name the player who scored the last go- the first goal sorry when we resumed from lockdown it was Kyle Callan McFadden who scored for Sligo Rovers away in Derry Ronan Coughlin then scored um, afterwards a couple of people had Ronan Coughlin but the answer was Kyle Callan McFadden and the winner of that is Pat Mitchell I think Pat Mitchell won uh, a couple of years ago and we had a Pat Butcher gag that I recall mm. um, but he, he's won in this I met, I met a similar gag at the weekend because um, I think one of our players like had to put um, O'Keefe had to put out like a 
strapping of the head and Jonathan Higgins beside me goes God he'd remind you of like Terry Butcher there and I go as long as it's not Pat Butcher which yeah. was just like how is Pat Butcher in my head yeah, no, it's, it's all down to Pat Mitchell who won the prize this yeah, week I'd say, I'd, say, I'd say it was funny at the time um, <laughs> sorry actually so, so anyway, Dodge, Dodge got in touch that my anecdote about Joe Swindow he said I actually thought that was funny so somebody thought uh, it was I funny spoke, I, I informed Zoe your, your, your partner I mean she's a legal partner as well yeah. but your actual partner but, uh, <laughs> Johnny a cat man but we, we discussed discussed this at the weekend and uh yeah she was horrified that your, your, your general discussions ended up on it's the just show. a brano joy and doe thing i don't know yeah um, i don't know i mean like, i mean i mean <laughs> had to be there flogging, ahead, flogging a dead anecdote um uh, possibly anyway. by the saudis <laughs> but anyway i've lost my train of thought uh, the winner is pat mitchell who gets the tour the guided tour of rascalsbury mailbag i'm actually gonna go for owen rock did you do the quiz for this I, i'm week? gonna do it now All owen right. rock i'm gonna uh, the collar and cuff mailbag for owen rock because uh, he did we did slag him off the time but Afalabi and Williams and you know what I like someone holding a grudge for a while and bringing it back up I think that shows just to point out I didn't continuity. make any any comment uh, about either of these players does that sound to you like I made no comment about how Afalabi would get on okay. so nothing not, to do with me or here. Williams you're not in trial nothing here to do with me. you're not in trial here um, not, not like uh, your steady friends but the, the the question for this week is for the guy to try Rascalsbury and has ever get the question in um, can people name very simple we ask more contemporary questions who was Shamrock Rovers top goal scorer in the league last year uh, you can get your you get your answers into that question. Now, let's hear from Dean Linus. He's a St. Patrick's goalkeeper. And we spoke a little bit about the win over Derry on Monday. Where he's from, actually. But more so, more so about the life, I suppose, of a of a journeyman footballer. Which was our team it's not last term, week. It's not a term that he, he, he likes himself, I don't think, at times. But the uncertainty of being a free agent and how you end up in Ireland. Uh, and I spoke to Dean Linus about that. And after that, we'll hear from Pat Fenlon. So I've got Dean Linus with me here, Dean. Um, this place is buzzing this evening. Um, I don't know what your expectations were when you came here, but it's going pretty well for you at the moment. Yeah, look, the, the fans have been next level. You know, obviously we, we've got to give them something to shout about on the pitch. That, that's up to us. But regardless, you know, win, lose or draw, they've backed us to the tilt. And it's just been, uh, you know, a really surreal atmosphere at times. And, and we can't thank them enough. And thanks to we've had a couple of results now to... To repay them as well. Six wins and seven since the last bank holiday here, funnily enough, you know, that was the end for Tim. I mean, it was a flat enough place that day. Um, what lies behind the turnaround, do you think? Sometimes it's hard to put your finger on it. Um, you know, I felt there's, there's a couple of days where we probably shouldn't have lost them, but we didn't probably do enough to win them. And I think they're the games you have to make sure you, you just get out there by not losing and you take the points. And um, obviously, we didn't manage to do that. Um, and it was awesome. We've obviously we've, we've turned it around really positively, and you know, and and that's what that's all you can do when things don't go your way. You have to react, and thankfully we've we've managed to do that. And uh, we just want to keep trying to put points on the board. As a goalkeeper, you've had a pretty changed defence in front of you the last couple of weeks. All sorts of things happening, like Tom's injury and and Joe Redmond being injured and rotations and stuff like you put. You see, you know, you must be happy with how you've responded to that, how the squad have responded to that. Yeah, look, there's room strength and depth in there, in that, in the dressing room, and that's why you have a squad at the end of the day. It's everyone who's going to have to get an opportunity at some point during the season and, and be ready when they're, they're required, and that's testament to the to the boys that come in, how they train off the pitch, the standards they set as well. And, and you know, it's a, it's a really good group of boys, and, you know, we work our socks off, and at the minute we're getting the rewards on the pitch, which... Long may that continue. You've been around the game like for a long time. What do you make of some of the 
the young lads in this group here, if they're training with you, you know, you've got Sam ahead of you, Sam Curtis, he's 17, Adam, 18, Mason even is around the squad. Like, it, I don't know, I'm interested in your perspective as a sort of an outsider coming in in terms of the talent that you're seeing in some of these young no, players. I think it's, it's credit to the club, you know, for for nurturing these boys from a, from a young age and, and giving them an opportunity on the in, in the first team. Um, I still have to be up to the task and take it, which, you know, the, they've all seemed to be doing. And, you know, Sam's been a rock of our, our defence, whether he's played left centre-back, right centre-back, right back. And um, if you just play him anywhere, and you know what you're going to get with him. And same with Adam in the middle, you know, he brings so much energy to the team and quality as well. So, look, it's all credit to the club for, say, producing young players and having a pathway there to, to play in the first two. Just remind me, where were you at when you got the call from, from Pats? You've been in Scotland the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so I, well, I was obviously a free agent, which yeah. is one of My last player was at his Airdrie um, for a couple of months, a three month stint there, uh, the January window. Um, and prior to that, I was at St Mirren for the last three and a half, four years. Okay. Is that with Jim Goodwin, was it? Jim was the yeah. manager, yeah. 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 So, um, that's why I re signed for St Mirren. I've been there. I had a little spell before the the season before Jim took the manager's job. And I had to re sign him on it when Jim took the job. Um, and he, he did great for, for St. Miriam. Yeah. And it was probably a, a point when we stayed on the top six on goal difference uh, that season after his second season after we stayed up. And so, yeah, that was hard to take at the time, but he. Uh, uh, he's always given me an opportunity and very thankful. Yeah, you've played with two Jamie McGraths then, right? You've, yeah. had, you've had the, the, uh, the, and Jamie started here, of course, as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny old game. But it just, just like, where are you at as a, as, a, as a free agent? Like, I mean, it's a very, like, volatile existence and you're waiting for the phone to ring. Like, that's obviously tough, you know? Like, it's, it's really difficult at times, but listen, you just have to keep going. And, and you know, Obviously, the, the level I've played at where, you know, I've got two young young kids and a, and a mortgage to pay, you know, you, you, you go through the bill at times and it's, it's not a particularly nice place to be, but you just have to have to keep believing and, and be proactive as well. Obviously, agents and yourself trying to, to get an, uh, an opening somewhere to get yourself your foot back in the door. And, you know, it's this part, part of the game. And thankfully, up to the, like this last season, I've always had a bit of security in terms of, the contracts I've had over a two-year period, mm. but prior to that, like it's it was it was very similar. You come come around to the end of the season, and and you're like, right, where's where's the next opportunity yeah. going to come? And like, it's what what it's like playing playing football, and it changed in the blink of an eye. And look, I've, I've loved every minute since since coming over. I'm very grateful for the for the club to give me the opportunity to come as well. Yeah, but Jamie from the club mentioned like you, you your family are in England, right? Are they, are they Scotland, Scotland, yeah, Scotland. Yeah, yeah. My wife, my wife and kids live in in Edinburgh, and um, and then my parents and brother, granddad, obviously, Kate's family still look based in England. So how do you manage it? Are you sort of in and out when you can, like yeah. sort of weekends or? Yeah, again, the club have been brilliant with me. Obviously, going back home so I can spend some time with my man kids and and the wife so and um, you know coming over i knew that it'd be difficult at times especially with my kids the age are at my oldest is five and my youngest is she'll be turning three in august and um, so they're both of the heavily asked questions like, of course yeah when are you home daddy where are you going daddy and you know it's it does get difficult but what else is the, the club company with say giving me days i need to get back home if and 
if and when I'm the quiet. So are you uh, living with other players here? Or are you in yeah, another, so uh, I'm in a few of the boys, yeah. So who have you got? Yeah. So, uh, to be fair, that house has been on fire. Connor's in there, Noah's in there, Jay, and Axel. Okay. Myself, so we've contributed a, a fair amount of goals between Yeah, us. yeah, it's a squad game, it's yeah. A few games. Yeah, yeah. And what the... Because I've got them all living right now, something. Oh, okay, yeah. You're, well, you're the dad of the house, right, as well. I mean, age-wise, you might be, but... Um, just thinking, like the um, what? What when you heard Ireland? What did you think? You know, when someone mentions Ireland, uh, we see more players coming into the league from outside. But I guess for you, you've been in a England, Scotland sort of bubble. What, what do you think when that calls me? Um, to be honest, just grateful that I was potentially going to get an opportunity just to have to think of that way. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and I've spoke to a few of the boys we had at Summerham that come over, Jamie McGrath and and Conor McCarthy, and you know, they. They scored really highly at the league and saw a little bit what to expect. Um, and then you know, they come over at a young age to Scotland and <laughs> both had bigger and better moves off the back of that. Yeah. So it only shows you the level of talent that's coming through the academies at clubs here. So who called you? Was it Tim or was it John Daly? Or who was... It was just my uh, my agent. The agent, originally, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, um, I know... I know Dean too is obviously at Hearts and spent some time in Scotland. So whether he'd heard the name Dean Linus at some point, yeah, and uh, that's how the link come on. I'm I'm not too sure, but at least the way it falls in football, one person speaks to the one yeah. another person at the correct time, and all of a sudden you find yourself, well, for myself, find myself over here playing at Pat. Like it's a mad industry. Like I know Owen Doyle's there. We've had him on our podcast a lot, and. Stuff about all his deadline day moves and, and the nature of the game, like how quickly yeah. you can change. Like you're driving down the road one minute and next thing you know, you're packing your bags to move to another country yeah. or whatever it is. And it's it, sort of, it come around so fast. And uh, I think it was a Sunday morning, maybe it was Saturday or Sunday morning. Just had a message about possibly some interest from some Pats. And I think it got to Wednesday. And I hadn't had another call. I thought, well, that's obviously sort of dead and married that's not going to happen and then as I was actually training uh, with Samirin yeah. and they'd let me go back in to, to do my training to stay fit and, and stay sharp um, so I was driving back from Glasgow to Edinburgh and then phone went I was like alright and I just went you know right, something's obviously going to be happening here after thinking sort of writing it off like I'd had yeah. a chat with my missus about obviously potentially living away and, and things like that and then it just got to a point where it's obviously not happening it's been two or three days now and before I know it, the, everything was sort of agreed by that Wednesday night and I was out here for the, for the Thursday. Yeah, and there you go now, you're playing on live on TV today, <laughs> 4,000 happy fans. So like, where, where have you left at? You just signed for the season, is that the arrangement you have? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So like, who knows what the future holds, but I'm just essential in playing football week in, week out. And on top of that, we're, we're obviously on a good run and, and getting results. And Europe coming around the corner as well, so yeah. Yeah. Pat Fenn, a lot has been made of John Daly since he's come in. Pat's have improved massively. But you could also argue that since Dean Linus got the, the role of coming in as a goalkeeper, they had massive goalkeeping issues. Just This just came to me there during that interview. How important, when you were a manager, how important is and was that position in terms of just get that right? Yeah, I think the, the obviously the, the goalkeeper coming in has is, is definitely strengthened Pat's and... Uh, John coming in as a manager is you know their their results have improved but 
Um, you can get that as well from a bounce. So, um, but in fairness, they're playing well. They're scoring goals and they're not conceding too many. So they're on a rich vein of form at the moment. I'm thinking you had like Steve Williams. He was a really good keeper at the time. Who was your best keeper you had? Oh, I don't know. I played with a lot of good goalkeepers, you know, and uh, had a good few as, as as a coach or a manager as well. But I'd probably say is the man I still have working with me is, at the moment is Dave Henderson. He was a great goalkeeper to play wow. with. He was, you know, ahead of his time. He had been playing now. He was good with fees, real quick brain, you know. So yeah, very good goalkeeper. There we are, Dan. Yeah. Um, so Pat, like we were going to talk. You haven't been on the show since you, you took up your role with um, with Bose, um, and we will get to that in a minute. But I suppose there is something else going on this week, and we've often talked about like general Irish football issues, and and the FEIR tomorrow. That's Thursday, as as we're speaking on on Wednesday morning. They are going to launch their infrastructure plan. It's like a, a fifteen year plan for funding of, of football in Ireland. Some of this information has sort of um, crept out there already. Um, and I suppose the bottom line is um, everyone's been waiting for this facilities audit to happen. That's basically what it is. They've done an audit of the facilities around the country, not just League of Ireland, to grassroots, to the number of pitches, to everything. And they're laying out um, what they feel they need to modernise facilities in this country. So it's it's a figure of €863 million euro, um, that they're requesting. Uh, I say requesting, I mean, of that, 60% would be um, coming from central government, I suppose, 20% local authorities, 20% raised by football through FIFA, UEFA. There's going to be a new FEI foundation set up. Within this, 140 million for academies, what people are probably interested in here, uh, you know, League of Ireland academies, um, figure 250 million for stadiums. Need to figure out for sure the absolute details of these demands or these targets in terms of having X amount of 20,000 seat or stadia. I'm just not sure about that element. I mean, Daily Mount is going to be a flagship stadium in this country and that's what, 8,000? So I, I'm not sure about that aspect of it. But I suppose speaking very generally, and we had a few questions about it as well, um, I mean, I suppose, do you, do you welcome this? I mean, we've always been waiting for this to come along, but are you, are, or do you still want to see more detail to fully form your opinion on, on, on this? Yeah, I think you, you you obviously want to see more details so you can see the bones of it and exactly what the what the plan may be. But I think I welcome the fact that we're now moving in that direction, that people are talking in that direction about developing the game in this country, whether that's at academy level, senior level, you know, the women's game. So once we're developing football, well, then that's always good. And if if that's so we've always spoke about, you know, revenue streams being a major issue around Irish soccer. Um and facilities has always been a crux since I've been watching the game to playing the game to coaching the game managing the game whatever you want and um, so you know if, if if there is a case where there is serious money at last hopefully coming into game to develop it well that can only be can only be good for everybody involved in the game yeah like I mean, there's an election coming around the corner like I, I do think they have a chance of getting something from this I'm not sure what as we all know in life, like five, 10 year, 15 year plans, all companies do them. They put stuff down in paper. Yeah. How they correspond to what you see is often very different. And I've been nearly thinking, people can get bogged down in the detail of, oh, we'll never do a 20,000 steer. But it's it's about like having the request. But I don't know, do you feel there's a bit of momentum at the moment? It feels like there's a lot more discussion generally around the funding of football, you know, football making its case. Like the under 17s recently, people are looking at that and not just saying, well, it's great, they're there. They're talking about, well, actually, now, hang on, where are these players going to train for the next couple of years post-Brexit? Like, can you feel a, a contrast in how people are talking now? 
I, I think you, you, you can in relation to talking, uh, whether that's tangible, I'm not sure, because, you know, we've we've had this before, a lot of talk around how we're going to make the game better and how we develop the game hasn't really come to fruition when, when you know, when things have moved forward. I think we're in a completely different scenario now in relation to, particularly underage football, um, because the, 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 the road has changed for our young yeah. players. Um, and I think that's, that's a real talking point. We want to develop the game at League of Ireland level, senior level, absolutely, because we have momentum in relation to crowds, how the game is being played, interest in the game. And that's on the back of probably facilities still being very, very average for League of Ireland clubs. But I think there's a bigger question around if we're going to grow the game and we're going to produce our own players uh, for a senior international team, then there has to be a huge talk around that side of the game, how we how we implement, how we develop, how we get our kids on the pitch a lot more than we can at the moment through a lack of facility. So um, we're now, we now have responsibility to develop and produce. We've always had that responsibility. And this is where I get a little bit, you know, what's right, what's wrong in relation to academies. You know, the academies have worked well, but there's also that, group of clubs and people that have been left aside a little bit in relation to schoolboy clubs right around the country. Yep. So I think that's that's another conversation that needs to be, we need to look at that again to see how that works. Um, we'll see, like Evan Ferguson, for example. Mm. Like Evan Ferguson spent mm. far longer, far, far longer at Kevin's than Bowes. Yes. But when the, you know, just this is, this is how it works, Bowes are going yeah. to get far more money when it happens. Yeah, well, li- listen, that that's the way it's always worked. That's just the way it's been. I'm talking about, you know, you know, we, we've only had that since we've started to develop the game at, at schoolboy, well, at academy level at League mm. of Ireland age. Um, but I'm saying there's a lot of these clubs with a lot of good people in them have produced a lot of their best players for 30, have 40 years. Have they been years. left behind? I think so a little bit, yeah. Mm. I think they've been sort of marginalised a little bit and left out there. I think we've got to embrace that. It's got to be a conversation around how do we make the game better? Not, not just the League of Ireland. How do we make totally. the full game better? Whether that's schoolboy football right around the countries, girls football, women's football, you know, League of Ireland. It's a chance for us to try and make the game better. But I think at the end of that, we, we now have an onus and a real responsibility on developing our future international players. We've never really had that. We've we've developed them to a point, but now the fact that they can't go till they're 18, maybe to a lot of the, the British clubs, we're now seeing an avenue that's opened up into European clubs as well. So it's trying to marry that and make sure that we are producing our best players going forward. Yeah, because I mean, there is a, I mean, there is a large grassroots element, you know, to this plan. I believe, you know, and I think part of it is um, trying that has to, to be it, Daniel. Space, and I just space out the facilities. Yeah, as but well. the other side of that is, which is very important, you know, the the grassroots. The, there's there's a very very small minority of people who play football, as I would like to call it, rather than soccer, that make it to the top level, whether that's in the League of Ireland across the water there's a huge amount of kids that play football for fun yeah. you know that these clubs take you know in on a regular basis coach them train them take them off the streets take them out of environments that are, are dangerous at times so that's a big emphasis around for the association as well to make sure we want to develop the elite absolutely because that's what we need to do in relation to making the game better at that level but there's also an onus on you know making sure that we're providing for for the other thousands of kids that want to play football yeah and like there does seem to be a distrust that exists in certain places within the you know the landscape of football in this country as well, which doesn't help. And we're all like, you, I'm sure you encounter it. I mean, you've lived it. You know, you've yeah, but that's it, our own fault. I don't mean all our own fault. But that's you know, no. we, we've we, you know, the game's been run. Let's be, let's be honest, really poorly for a long period of time in this country. And people look at it that are not 
football people and think, well, you know, get your own house in order. And I think that's happening, to be fair. I think there's a, a, a push towards that end of it and we're developing. And that's where you're hoping that people at government level will see that and say these people want to develop this game, want to have an industry in the game and want to make it better for everybody. Yeah, because there's an element of them and us that still exists. Like there will be people who will watch, you know, a, a, a player go on and it's all about the ownership of the player. Oh, he's, you know, the League of Ireland Club did nothing with him or whatever. But you have to get to a point in 10 years time where everyone genuinely, people don't have the football family. Do you remember that nonsense in the Delaney era about the football family? Which is the biggest load of crap of all time. Oh, well, I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe it's like an EastEnders family Christmas where everyone hates each other and someone dies. But like, there was that sense of like, it's them. You're either League of Ireland or you're schoolboy football or you're wherever you are. And that to me is like still lingering in the background. And and I don't know how you get to a place where people actually who have no history with the, the league say, but can still feel pride in their players mm. doing well. And maybe that's happening in parts of the country. And you see little things like Kerry coming along and people seem to be happy enough with that. But... I mean, around Dublin, as you know, it's still it's still complex. And Galway, yeah, like well, that's Galway, what you're no, Galway, about. It's still, Cork, still Cork, absolutely there. Cork schoolboys league massive yeah, issues yeah, last year. Donny Gall have had ones. I as think well. dialogue is is yeah. the way forward, and there's an onus on the people at the top end of the game at League of Ireland, then to, you know, to make sure that dialogue takes place. Like I said, these young players, you know, are are, are coming through. As Johnny said earlier, in relation to, to Evan, even coming through, you know, good schoolboy clubs, great schoolboy clubs. That are producing and still producing really, really talented players. So for me, it's like there's always been a case of let's look at one, make that stronger, and this, this, this is a chance to make the game stronger. And that's what I'm saying. You, you can't just think about the elite and the top end. Yeah. It's got to be right across the country, wherever, wherever level people are playing football. You know, because I think it's still the biggest participation sport in the country. Mm. So you know, we have a huge membership. You know, and they all have to feel inclusive. How have you found that with Bose, like the, the the network of clubs that you deal with? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I say, I'm 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 in a few months now and get my teeth into a sort of what I what I liked to do when I came in was just get a look and see how people work. That's even around our own teams and see how the like you said the affiliates work with the clubs as well. So with the club as well. So it's uh yeah, listen, the the, the Bowes is a completely different club to when I played and even managed, which is not that long ago, believe it or not. But it is a yeah. completely different club. Um, and there's aspects of it from a, that that side I'm talking about, that community area of the club, which are which are fantastic. And, you know, we've, we're obviously trying to strengthen their side on, on the football side, how we make that stronger. Um, but it's trying to bring it all together because if, you know, for where Bowes are off the pitch, you know, from a fan base, supporter base, community feeling, that's important for us to drive the club forward. But obviously on the pitch, you've got to try and marry them two together. And it's a bit, like I said, that the bigger picture, that's the same for the bigger picture for me. Everybody's got to be going to one direction. And listen, you're never going to keep everybody happy. That's, that's that's you know, when you've got so many people and so many different leagues, but it has to be dialogue around and they have to feel that they're playing a part in, in the development of the game for everybody. How would you describe your current job at the moment? Like in terms of like, in, you know, in one you, word. But no, but like, well, I may be careful about this, but you know, what, 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 in terms of, uh, in terms of your, your, your working week, like what is your focus? I you suppose know? it changes so many times and you know, you know, you're in a situation now where we're, we're getting to, you know, the, the window back open again. So a lot of folks is around how we can strengthen both the men's senior team and the women's senior yeah. team, you know. So, and there's obviously then around academies, the schoolboy end of a schoolgirl. So there's a huge, it's it's a big operation, you know. And um, it, it's, it's like you say, sometimes you, you spreading yourself that wide at times. So 
I've sort of went in to have a look, see how people work and then how can I help and how can I back that up and how, to, how can we change some things to make it better. Um, but to, it's hard to describe what my week and uh, week looks like from a work point of view because it changes. It yeah. changes. It can change from day to day. You know, it, it's obviously at the moment, like I said, we're, we've had a good start to the boat leagues. Uh, the women's have started really well and the men started really well. Um, and it's trying to focus on and how can we make that better, but also looking at the other areas of the club. Yeah, it's funny because like I know you've said before, so I'm not going to ask you again, mm. you, you've no desire to go back to management, but it's, mm. you see someone like Liam Buckley go in to a sort of a similar role and then all of a sudden they're being, <laughs> they're being dragged back in. Like, you know, but I suppose the fact that clubs are looking to make generally make appointments in those roles, like to me, like one of the big issues with the league is just the lack of professional people working within it that aren't, managers and players mm. you know that actually are doing the other stuff and like this is a massive part of where we need to get to we're actually you doing the things that you do makes life easier yeah. for Declan it I, makes life easier for uh, you know for, for various other people at the club that's like commercial academies and general managers like that we're just lacking like, but even a lot of the academy clubs you live an academy full-time academy head but might spend a lot of their time doing admin and all this yeah. and actually in an ideal world you'd have someone doing admin and someone doing like well, actual I think, strategy I think you know? that's yeah and, and that's that's the point is having a strategy but, but, but the resources to be able to make sure that strategy works is crucial as well and you know my appointment with Bo is like I said we've got obviously we've got the, the senior teams we've got academy teams we've we've over 30 schoolboy teams schoolgirl teams so there's a lot of teams in there there's a lot of work in there a lot of them are volunteers um, you know, and this so is packed with very little prize money. I mean, but this has to be funded. No, no prize money. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, did, you see, did you see the stats that were out last week about the the prize money collected by all the clubs in Scotland uh, for then the four leagues? And it was like a you know the X amount maybe of TV money in some cases or prize money. It's like extraordinary. Like clubs in the fourth tier of Scotland will collect more in prize money than any club here that doesn't qualify for Europe, mm. basically. That's now, I mean, like, I, now, obviously, people say, well, they don't have Europe, and it's true, right? Like, you get to Europe and you get 250 grand minimum or whatever it is. Mm. Um, but it's that, I mean, I just look at that. The club, the money that the club is in the Scottish Championship collect in prize mm. money. And I would say our league here, you know, would, would, would fancy itself against teams in that, in a, lot, in a lot of metrics, you know, competing for players maybe at times. But you see yeah, what but the I think prize that goes back to the is point incredible. is, it's, it's, you know, the game in Scotland can demand that. It's a huge sport in Scotland, like, you know, and, yeah. and it's an industry, you know, yeah. that it's not here at the moment. And that's where you're hoping that the resources and the funding can go towards driving and making an industry where people can get employment. Yeah. And that's the key to it for me that, you know, we have a lot of good people, we have a lot of good people sitting outside the game as well, like you say, in areas that could be utilised. But this there's, is very, me, yeah. there's very, there's very little resources to be able to do that. We'd love to be able to go in and say, you can make appointments in three or four positions that would make Bowes better tomorrow. But it's difficult. You know, we've got we've got to make sure that obviously the funding coming through sustains the club. Um, you know, so that's where you know there is no prize money. Let's be fair, the prize money is, or TV money. is pittance. We've no, they're in. Do you know what I mean? But so what I'm saying, you know, Scotland is it's a peculiar one because it's such obviously you've got a big two there that that attracts so much interest and that drives the rest of the game. You know, but obviously having worked in Scotland, I know the interest that's there. Um, if we can get to that level, it'll be different class. But that's that's a big job of work. And and again, to 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 get companies involved and people involved and investors involved, and we've seen you know a little bit of investment coming into the league, which is good. The big thing for me is a TV deal. A TV deal is obviously something that that sustains a lot of clubs around Europe and helps them, you know, to pro, uh, progress and, ma- and make themselves better. So, but the revenue streams for us at the moment is well, even, is even, very small. Even even the corporate side of it, like, I mean, how many grounds in the League of Ireland None. could you bring somebody on a corporate night out? 
And I mean, I kind of like. But Johnny, the other side of that, I I go obviously to Daily Mount. The night out there is. That's yeah. why it's not just a football that's attracting people uh, yeah. to Daily Mount. It's, so that, it's the actual. Uh, and I love that. Out. But like the, you know, when you think about the sports and racing and all that, like mm. bringing up race again, but like, and if you don't know, bring you, up race again. Bring up, <laughs> like, had that earlier. Bring up yeah. the, the, the Croke Park. Me and, and, me and Pat uh, discussed this at Punchestown recently. <laughs> you know, it's just like, there um, you go. Sort of, well, uh, we're probably. Okay, fish ticketing, thank I, you very much. I, I digress. Yeah. What have you made of the standards on your return to the League of Ireland? Um, at the moment, I think it's a little bit up and down. I think the results show that. I think for me, you go into every game every week, and, and they're tough games. There's, mm. there's, I think there's a lot between a lot of the sides. For me, Rovers are still a good bit ahead. Both fans won't be happy with me saying that, but I think they are. I think they've shown that when they've had to. Um, I think from their point of view, it's staying. That's in so just, just to stop you on that, they've shown mm. that when they've had to. That's the one thing that I don't really figure out. Rovers always, they do look like they kind of they're doing enough, as in, and they can go up a level maybe in the league anyway. Yeah, I think they can. I think, you know, when we've seen them get to that level, they've been very, very good. Um, you know, our two games against them, the game in Daily Mount, I thought they, they they bossed the game and played really well. So I thought the game in Tala, we played really well. At times we were a little bit unlucky. You know, on another night, we probably could have had a penalty sending off mm. and that game changes. But there are things that, that you know, go for you sometimes and, and others they don't. But um, I think when they've had to step up, you know, they've showed, they've showed what they have. Listen, they have a lot of quality players. I mean, you look at a bench most weekends and it's... It's, it's mad. Yeah, it's it's very, very strong. So from our point of view, it's to stay in that race until they all get to Europe. And I was just thinking Just the teams under that. So the manager will say after the game, like, we need to be more consistent. But it's that they're actually not good enough to be consistent. So it's like if you play week to week, and there seems to be also that, that search for players that can make you better is difficult. Like, Well, I think that consistency, if you look at the two, you spoke about Pats earlier on, they're showing consistency at the moment. Mm. And you see, you know, what's happened to them. Cork have showed a bit of consistency since probably Liam's gone into the mm. position. And, and I think they've won maybe four in a row, have they? So that consistency is, is difficult in this league because there's very, I don't think there's a huge gap between mm. the teams. You know, I watched Drotted at the weekend against Shells as well. Very good. You know, and Drotted, you know, were probably a team that people look at and think, well, you know, they'll be they'll, they'll be fighting it out in the end for relegation. And they might be, but they're still not that far away. I watched them a few times this season. They give mm. everybody a game. And that's what I'm saying. That consistency. Well, in well, that, that's the, the, scrap mm. for, the scrap for second from bottom could end up being... Uh, you know, that could end up being a big story as the season goes on. And like, that's a stressful one when you consider that it's, you know, in reality, it's likely Waterford you're playing. Like, in saying you know, that, that's good for the game. Oh yeah, you know yeah. that's that's not you know we don't want you know it, it run away. There, but they are. That's that's the but one next year. Well, next year's like, Premier yeah. would would appear like it would have a chance of being pretty strong. But mm. um, well, strong in terms of like you On know th- th- there'd be no obvious uh, we we candidate there. Um, what about how the game has been played now relative to maybe. 10, 15 years ago. I was speaking to someone about this recently and like a lot of teams are generally would appear more possession-based now in their style. But then people were saying to me, yeah, but is it too much? Is it too much that way? You see people talking about Pats always side to side earlier in the season. A little bit more. There was a lot more direct. A little more direct. Around, like, and, and it's look at Cork out. as well. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Because it's a weird one because it's a big debate about the standard of the league and then you see our teams have done quite well in Europe in recent years and you're thinking is that because they're more used to playing in a particular way and Europe isn't a massive culture shock I don't know I'm asking the question yeah no I think there's there's an emphasis gone away from you know I'm not sure 10 but from definitely when I played the game has changed in relation yeah, okay, to how it's yeah, been yeah. played um, you know I think there's 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 you know, there's more emphasis around possession-based football. But even now you're looking at the way, and, and these things are always going cycles, you know, certain teams go and play a certain way that everybody watches and think, Oop, 
I like I like how that's played, and maybe he'll look at playing that. Even you know now we're playing with fullbacks who want to play in in midfield and yeah. go inside, and but someone will work that out. Or how do you exploit that? Or they end up it's evolving. You know, yeah, so it's always evolving. I think it's it's a, you know in relation to how the game is being played, that side of it has improved for me. You know, there's there's more emphasis around you know building the game up, but also I think that's been a problem, and I think that's maybe why we've got a lot more people watching the game here. I think they like the blood and thunder, the tacklings a little bit more than, okay, than yeah. what they see maybe in the Premier League, you know? So, um, but the ga- game will always evolve and change. Um, going into Europe was always, I think the, the European thing for me is the fitness levels have improved drastically, okay. you know, because of the full-time setup and having played in a European game part-time, that's difficult. Okay. Um, but also, full-time means that you're working with the ball a lot more you're fitter than you were you know you're more comfortable in possession of the ball so i think it's all a, it's probably a bit of everything rather than one one distinct yeah, factor yeah absolutely yeah. i think did you the feel fitness level for me is huge i think did that, you feel that yeah, last sorry. last night did you feel that you were in the wrong era yourself because when you say do you know what i mean i'm just trying to think of you as a player as a person you, yeah. <laughs> like you were a tidy really like nice left-footed player not big at all for league of ireland mm. midfields and um, but you're probably like one of the premier certainly one of the premier were you in the wrong era like no, no. Listen, I I played in a in a in a time when the game was different, and that's just the way it is. I started out as a centre forward, believe it or not, and then ended Did up you? as a wide right, and then played under Brian Kerr as a as a left sided midfielder. Went to Bowes and Naaman Greg put me in as a centre midfielder, and then that's where I played the rest of my career. You know, and and I enjoyed. It. No, I don't, I don't think so. Would I like to play now? I'd like to be able to still play now, but <laughs> I'd, no, I, I enjoyed when I played. I, I have to be honest. I, as a player, I really enjoyed playing the game. It was much more physical and more winter was, football as well. You had to you had to learn a little bit quicker as well. I think is you know and 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 again even that going back to developing players. You know, I think that's something that we need to look at how 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 we incorporate the senior players with the younger players. That doesn't happen at the moment. I how would have learned my football. Well, and I'm not advocating a reserve league, but when I played with Pats and Brian Kerr's team, I ended up as me and John Ryan were actually a partnership up front for right. St. Pat's B team and and but I learned the game with, with the likes of Damien Bourne playing, McMoody coming down, John McDonald, John Tracy, Paddy Dillon, all them boys coming back down. And giving you information and helping you with the game, sometimes you you learn quickly, and yeah. you didn't you, you you didn't survive. But yeah, I still think there's you know to, to for younger players to develop a senior player on the pitch for them can 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 really really help them. Yeah, no, we definitely. I mean, the league just has to address that upper end of the of the pathway as well. Like yeah, the, and there's a lot of players not playing. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's that's yeah. an issue as well. So there's and listen, this is not this is not criticism of it. This is what I'm talking about dialogue. How do you make it better? How how the little things that may be able to change it, make the game better, but talk to people who've been involved, who know, you know, that part of the game. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of people outside still would have been playing or coaching or managing when I was doing both. And I think they still have a lot to offer in the game. Yeah, no, I think I, I totally embrace that point. Um, both fans will be listening. They'll be thinking, okay, this guy's on about recruitment. You know, what, <laughs> you know give us something here. But look, what, what's the what's the sort of the, the landscape like? The July window opens. Um, it's a weird window in some ways. I mean, maybe both our windows are weird because we're not aligned with the UK and you mm. hear different, you know, lads with six months to go in January and then, you know, now it's it's it's, it's a different type of uh, thing. Like, what what's the recruitment, you know, sort of ecosystem like at the it's, moment? It's completely different even, you know, to, w- to, w- to when I was at Rovers, probably it's changed even since then, which is not that long ago. Um, and I think this is probably the part where my role helps in relation to the manager that he's... He's working away in, in relation to preparing the team for Friday up in Derry. 
and he knows I'm working away on, on the other stuff that he doesn't have to worry about. Obviously, at the end of the day, it's his call and he, he makes final decisions on any players coming in the door. But it, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it is a difficult window. Um, and I think from our end of it, where I come in probably late enough in the window, we, we, we were struggling for defenders in the club. So that was something we had to address quickly. Not ideal with we, we, a couple of young lads come in on loan and obviously a couple of lads come in from Poland who've done quite well for us. Um, you know, so, you know, that's one window we've had, you know, the next window's coming up. How can we strengthen the team? There's area in the team that we've identified and managers identified that he wants to strengthen. So we'll go and try to do that. Um, but it's not as easy as people think in this window to be able to get players. You know, if you're trying to strengthen with players within our own country, and there are one or two that we, we look at here to see can we strengthen the team. But getting them out is at this stage of the season is very difficult. From other clubs, like Bowes did a lot of business last <coughs> summer. It was talked about they handed out, I mean, and you have to you have to give people eighteen month contracts generally mm. when you sign them. I mean, do you envisage doing much business in this window, or is it more you know quality over quantity, or what you're thinking, or do you is it is it going to be a busy window? Even if you even well, it's if busy it's at the moment, it doesn't mean yeah. it's going to end up being being yeah. busy. But it's 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 very busy. We are actively looking to bring in some players we don't have the biggest squad neither we've had a good start to the season we want to try build on that like yeah, I said there's money. areas there's area yeah well the manager hasn't used his budget from the start of the season so there is some funding there to go and see can we bring in players but we're not going to spend it willy-nilly we want to make sure if we're going to bring in someone it's going to enhance the team it's going to make the squad better and that's what we want to do. You're hoping over a few windows we, we get to where we really want to be as a squad. Yeah, I mean, the, the two Polish lads have, have it's worked out quite well. We were just talking before you come on about the amount of players that come in from outside the league in, in the winter. And it's it's inevitable that some of them just haven't worked out. Like, is it still very hard to assess? You can do all your profile and, and as be as professional as you can be and you've lads coming in from England. But you see it. There's some players who were talked about before the season at other clubs and just haven't it hasn't happened well, they're for them in a at specific all. wage bracket as well so it's like you're it's you're obviously there's, there's a small window of opportunity there for who you But could. one or two bigger areas of certain clubs who like around the you know and mm. it's it's tough I'm yeah, guessing and, it's and tough. that's that yeah, all that comes into your you're obviously your planning in relation to your recruitment that you know there is a budget you've got to stick to that you know getting the better players here is difficult for us because they're probably outside of our, our, our pace uh, salary so it's you know being inventive looking outside seeking you pay, picking up a bargain and that's that's the way you've got it and that's why it's busy that's why it's always busy and even now we're looking at the next window not just this one it's yeah. the one at the end of the season right where where does the manager want to be what you know let's have a plan around that so that's what I'm saying the role is 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 very interesting but it's always it's always busy but it always changes um, and you're right and you take all that into context in relation to signing a player people say oh, go and get a centre forward you know yeah okay that's fine let's go and get a centre forward but they're you know they're difficult they're difficult to get and they're the high end of the and you want to make sure you bring them on in that's that's good you know we, we've we've got at the moment in the club for me we've got really good attacking players we've got a really good attacking end of the pitch uh, you know and and again defensively we were short at the, at the start of the season and that's probably wasn't Declan's fault to be fair we were short in relation to defenders so that was an area we concentrated on to try bring in a bit of quality in there and I think the ones we brought in it done quite well How good is this Rovers team relative to good League of Ireland champions then? He always asks me this Yeah but I, I'm kind of obsessed with it <laughs> I I, 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 I <clears throat> I, I I don't know. I have an open mind on it. I don't know. A lot of people would be completely different arguments on the whole thing. I think they're really, really good. But then again, are they challenged? Listen, any, anybody that wins trophies on a regular basis are a good team. Mm. It's very hard to do. You know, even when you've got good players or you've got money to spend, it, it's motivating people. And that's not just players, that's staff, everybody around the club. So to continue to do that, 
it's always evolving it's always changing so you have to give people respect to, 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 to go and win and continue to win is very very difficult as, as we've seen you know so to continue to do that at the moment hopefully we can get to the level where they are and one, put a bit more pressure on them one last question for me um, how important is this uh, window for Ireland and Stephen Kenny? Yeah, it's very important. I think, you know, there's a couple of games coming up that I think we, 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 we need points on the board. Um, the last thing we need to be doing is picking up zero points. I don't think that'll be the case. Um, Do we need to beat Greece? We certainly can't lose to Greece, that's for certain. But if we could beat them, it would it would give us a little bit of uh, just going into, obviously, you're hoping you're picking up three points in the next game. Then you're in a in, 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 in not bad position because our next game, obviously, is very, very difficult. I think it's a way in France, is it? So... I think it's imperative that we pick up, if we could get six points, which I think would just give everybody a lift and it keeps us, you know, if we only picked up one point. We're screwed. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. You said that. But, yeah, that's yeah, your words. but it loses, it loses its, its momentum, momentum as yeah. well, doesn't it? If you, if you pick up four or six, if you get pick up six, then everybody's thinking, right, well, we're in a good position. And Do you enjoy watching We're still play? in the race, you know, we're still there. We're at the last couple of competitions. It's been over early. More to the point, as a as now an employee of Bowes, invested in the, the future of Bowes, how exciting is Evan Ferguson's progress? Yeah, he's been brilliant, hasn't he? He's, it, it's, it's just a joy to watch because he's... He's a throwback, isn't he? He's, he's, he's a different type of player to what we're producing at the moment. You know, if we look at all the other players that are probably yeah. at the top end, we're thinking they're, they're more drop-in, number 10s, wide, whatever, pace. He's just a throwback. He's a he's a, just a brute of a centre-forward. He's And the one thing I like about him is, and I don't know Evan that well, I know his dad quite well, and... Um, he doesn't. He doesn't seem to care, which is brilliant. He just plays football, and I think that's a throwback for me as well. They just go and play football, and other things to look after themselves. But what a season he had for a, for a kid like he's he's and in that position, in that position for a young player to be doing what he's doing is exceptional. It's exceptional. I assume your career advice to Evan would be: you got a five year deal, just see it out and move for a free transfer at the end of it. That'd be better for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that'd be your advice. That's, that's what I told his dad. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, I think it's it's brilliant. I think my advice to Evan is just play your football. What he's doing, just go and enjoy yourself. If you're enjoying yourself, everything will look after itself. It will, and that's the way it'll work. He's a top talent. He's going to end up playing at a really, really big club. You'd imagine at some stage, maybe at this time, you know, Bowes might want me say it's maybe not the best move for him. Yeah, no, no. He's playing, he's, playing regularly. he's got a manager that's yeah, believes in him. He's developing as a player. You know, and 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 there's a lot to be said for that. There's, you know, if he was to move, obviously that that's 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 a major plus for Bowes. But you know, he's going to play at a high level at some stage. Yeah, no and listen, the high level is the wrong thing to say because there's not there's, bad at the there's, there's some side. You know, they, yeah, they've improved yeah. immensely as well. So, well, but good I think things, at, a, good, yeah. at a big club, good things come. I mean, Matt Doherty, the payoff came eventually. I think with Bowes, they'll be okay with Evan Ferguson. I think eventually, to be fair. <laughs> but uh, the the first division fixtures on Friday: Treaty against Cove, Waterford, Bray, Longford, Finn Harps, Kerry, Athlone. We haven't actually even we've, we we haven't got time, but um, yeah, some some of the hidings down the first. Well, no, we I had. Know, I know you mentioned we had mailbag comments, but I'll try and get back to them next. Next week, um, this we're talking about. Then the Premier, we've got uh, Shamrock Rovers UCD. So Shamrock Rovers, well, they're going to be top going into the break anyway. Um, but but no worse than four draw against St Pat's, Cork City, Dundalk, Shelburne, Sligo Rovers, and the TV game, of course, is Derry and Derry and Bowes. So um, yeah, I mean, I suppose last question. I mean, if Bowes end up going into the break in fourth position, is that is that a good start to the season? I mean, I know because. Because things were going really, really well, it almost feels like there's a mini sense of deflation when you've gone on a, on a no, little bit of a run. I think it's a good start to the season, absolutely. I think we're in fourth place, you know, even a little bit higher maybe going into the break. We, 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 I'm not saying we're happy, you know, I, I think we'd be content, you know, that we've 
if the next stage for me is finding that consistency you spoke about earlier on consistency you know you know when we're going into games if you can't win them don't lose them you know which is probably going back to Friday even you know but again the manager's not long in the door he's had one transfer window so we're building you know you can't build it straight away so we'll build it if we're in fourth we're in a good position if we can strengthen the squad well then hopefully we can kick on after the break and um, you never know what happens but for me yeah it's a good start to the season and so, it's a good start for a women's team as well which is yeah, important to mention because like, like you know, they, they've you know they've had a big change around as well and they've had a really good start to the season so yeah it's been been positive from both our senior senior teams so, so yourself Decky Devine Gary Crone and Dets are a bit of crack as well yeah it's not bad at times yeah it can be interesting <laughs> yeah they forget about Love Island yeah. no 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 Bowes players in Love Island anyway um, anyway yeah, listen it's been great to have you in Pat really appreciate it and yeah. uh, thanks we were, we were in our... association with uh, Future Ticketing Collar and Cuff and Rascal Brewery Ninchcore.